Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Hey everybody, this is Phil Haugen. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. We are finishing up a busy week here at our training facility. It is Friday evening and uh, I'm actually getting ready or pretty much ready to leave early in the morning to go do a clinic in uh, Cherokee, Oklahoma this weekend. The talented Haley Nida is hosting a clinic up there, and I'm excited to get up there. We've got a really, got a heck of a set of riders coming to it, and uh, good riders, good horses, expect great results. We've been off about five weeks, just been here training and and needing to be here training and working and catching up and having a break, and yeah, I'm super excited to get back out on the road and uh and get back to uh, to teaching. Um, I love that part of it. I love the people part of it. I mean, greatest greatest industry there is is um, the Western industry. And so I get to. It's something. I, it's not something I have to go do. It's something I get to go do. And and uh, boy, I'm so thankful for that. And so this week there's been a couple things come up that I want to talk about. One of them was a conversation I had today with a gentleman from California and I'd talked to him before. It had been, uh, it hadn't been a year ago, but it had been eight or 10 months ago and he'd called me and he's got a, he's got a daughter in high school and they were having some issues with their horse and I've never met him and I've never seen the horse, but just going through the explanation of what he was telling me, I was, you know, um, I talked to him about working on some basics some fundamental principles and uh and today when he called their horse is dying on the back side of the barrel you know anytime you know i i don't even have to see the video to see what's happening you know anytime a horse starts to associate going into a turn or you picking up your bridle rein taking the slack out of that bridle rein with with hollowing their back out and extending reaching um with their front feet and elevating their head and you know getting what i call front end loaded which in a turn or a stop it is really easy to do because think about a turn and a stop riding a bike so what happens when you go into a turn or a stop riding a bike and instead of instead of applying the back brake where you have restriction on the back tire but the front tire keeps moving right well if that if that front tire keeps moving even the momentum the momentum of with with your speed on that bike your momentum going into a stop or a turn okay will will be so much smoother and you'll be more balanced on that back tire if that front tire keeps moving 
Well, same scenario. What happens when you go into a turn and, and by accident, by accident, you put on the front brake? Well, when you go into a stop or a turn and you put on the front brake, boom, it's like you get that front tire jammed into the ground and the back end of that bike wants to come up, right? Well, when that happens, you have even more pressure on those front feet. Well, you, you know, and so, so you have your horse even more hollowed out and front end loaded. And it's, and it's so easy to do. It's so easy to do. That's why, you know, and, and when I was talking with this gentleman today and, you know, it all goes back to lateral and vertical flexion or collection because he, and, and his question was, okay, like going into a turn, how do you get your horse collected? Well, the way you do that is you do a whole lot of fundamental exercises before you ever get to that point. You know, anytime I'm working a horse, and this is, this is not something that anybody can magically just have. There's not a, none of us out there that are in this business every day, you know, the, the horsemanship business for a lot of people or the horse training business is not something you just do once in a while. You live it 24-7, 365. I mean, you, you live it. It's something that you're doing, whether it's your horse, customer horses. Um, you know, just like today, I really enjoyed visiting with this gentleman because, you know, I can tell he cares. He cares about helping his daughter get better and helping that horse improve when you're trying to do that and you have that kind of passion and motivation i mean most people want to help you now at the same time i did i did talk to him about you know at some point you've got to make a commitment in time and resources to go learn a program so you can implement the program and be consistent day after day after day because here here's the thing whatever whatever business you're in you're either getting better or getting worse there's no i mean i've been at this a long time and i don't have no magic dust to sprinkle over these horses and make them perfect it's just the secret is there's no secret it, it's Correct repetitions over and over and over and over and over. Not not for a day or two. It's understanding, you know, that everything you do, there's a prerequisite so that you can do that better. You know, that's one thing, you know, that we always have to understand that you know, when we're doing, when we're working on fundamentals, you know, don't, don't work on a fundamental just until you get it right. Work on it to the point that you can't do it wrong. That's when you've got something. You know, human beings, we're, we're wired this way, and we've talked about this before, but it's all about instant gratification. Well, I mean, 
It's like if I go buy an ice cream cone, which I may do here after a bit because I'm batching it tonight and uh, everybody's gone. And so there's a really good chance I might drive into Brahms and get something to eat or stop somewhere. There's a really, really good chance I'm not going to cook. Okay. Not that I can't. I just don't want to. Well, when I go get whatever it is I get, I mean, I'm not going to take two bites and then 30 minutes later take two bites and 30 minutes later take two bites. I'm going to eat it all pretty fast because it's that's just the way we are. We Instant gratification. You know, it's like getting an ice cream cone. You don't take three licks and put it back into the freezer and then take three more licks two hours later. We eat the whole dang thing as fast as we can. With the horse business, with training, with the development mentally and physically of our horses, that does not work. Okay. Making up your mind, you're going to go out and fix this. Just like in this case, got your horse stalling out on the backside of the barrel. There's not any just one thing that fixes that. It's a combination of lateral and vertical flexion, collection exercises that fix fixes that because what you do is you develop a habit in your horse that when your horse feels you with your body get ready to stop or turn and you you take the slack out of the bridle rein they are in the habit of getting soft staying round in their back and getting balanced on their hindquarter and that's what keeps your horse from getting stalled out on the backside of a barrel it's really easy for a horse to keep moving in a stop or a turn if that front end stays freed up and your horse stays balanced okay it's really easy for your horse to become unbalanced in a stop or a turn very very easy um takes a lot of work takes a lot of work and like you know like we were talking about today when we were visiting about this on the phone you know, and there's only so much you can do over the phone. I mean, I wish a person could fix everything over the phone because, my gosh, that'd be easier for me. It'd be easier for you. I get it. I mean, I'd be all over that. But at some point, like I was telling this gentleman, you're going to have to, you know, it's just, and, and you can say, well, so, so-and-so is just trying to sell me something or sell me this program or whatever. Uh, that's really not the case. I mean, every year I look at something. I, I try to do at least two things a year to where I go invest in myself so I can get better. Well, this year what I'm doing, I'm investing in myself to work on some cow horse principles. And, and you know, that's uh, I've, I've actually got a couple horses and I, and I talked about this in an earlier episode that I'm showing in a, in a ranch horse maturity and it's, there's five classes and, and there's a couple cow horse classes. There's a cut and class. You go down the fence, cut and capture, go down the fence. Um, there's a raining pattern. And those are, those are things that I don't get to, uh, in the performance horses that I ride, barrel horses and rope horses, I don't get to work on those some of those exercises very often. And that's something that I've gotten interested in. And it's really fun because I feel like I'm really going to take my horses to a whole nother level as far as being handy, 
as far as resale, I mean, we're living in a great time right now where a really, really good horse brings really, really good money. Well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to capitalize on that. I mean, I feel like for the first time in history, I can actually get paid well for my time for really, really training a nice horse. It's really exciting time. And just like for all of us, just like for the, for the riders that are going to be in the clinic this weekend, for, for this gentleman in California that I talked to today, you know, anything you do right now to make yourself better in the horsemanship business, you're going to get paid for. You are going to get paid for it. And, and I'll tell you what, one thing we talked about too, and this is for, for some of you young trainers and for people of my generation who have kids, grandkids, understand that it, don't think for one minute that when you help somebody or, or they need help and you get them the help, or you help them yourself or whatever it is, and you help them learn to get through those challenges and understand that there's always a light at the end of the tunnel, don't think for one second that that doesn't affect them their whole life. I mean, that's one thing that I've got, you know, some really good friends that have been in this industry forever, whether it be whether it be ranching, rodeo, horse training, they're just tough and gritty and they just, you know, they just get the job done, whatever it is. When I say horses have taught me so much more than I've taught them, that's what I'm talking about. We all have challenges. You know, we've talked about this a million times, but when you get through, when you learn to do one thing that makes you better with your horse, which in turn makes your horse better. Because here's the simple fact, and everybody needs to accept this, whether you want to or not. We're all trainers, and you change, your horse changes. You don't change, your horse doesn't change. You know, kind of goes back to the definition of an in, definition of insanity. Don't show up tomorrow doing the same thing you did today and then expect different results. You know, if, if, if there's been a pattern of undesirable results, we need to change our system. And, you know, so just like today when I was encouraging uh, this really nice gentleman um, from California that I was talking to, and he was asking if I had any clinics coming up out there. And to be honest with you, I don't. And, and to be honest with you right now, going west is a little bit of a challenge just because of mandates and, you know, BS, really. <laughs> I mean, you know, there, it's just sometimes it's just kind of hard to go into certain areas, you know, and I, I'd, I'd love to go out to California and do a clinic. There's parts of California that I love. I mean, they're beautiful. That's a very, very diverse state geographically, and it's an incredible state, but there's just certain parts of it that make it a little difficult to, to do what I do. 
but you know like for him you know just understanding get get a system get a system implement it the reason a system is so important is without it you can't be consistent you know each of us look at what we do for a living whatever that is and if you're consistent and you have a growing business because here's the thing your business is either growing or dying there's no in between i mean you better be trying to grow or you're headed the other direction well just like just like this gentleman he works for ups well, there ain't just all he's got to do is look at the company he works for they have a system they have a system that they implement on a consistent basis every day to get packages from one part of this world to the next part of this world sometimes in 24 hours or less and that system they don't wake up each day and go eh, i'm gonna you know what, we're going to try this today, or we're going to try that today. Now, they may implement changes at points, but they don't they don't wake up in a new world every day and think, well, I tried that yesterday, now I'm going to try this today, and I'm going to try this tomorrow. Well, just think about that if you're a horse. And every day, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try this bit tomorrow, and then this other bit the next day, and this other bit, you know, nothing wrong with the bits. But what that does, that's very inconsistent, okay? Always understand the communication overrides all that. Communication, you know, great communication or lack of communication overrides, for me, overrides any equipment. If I got great communication, you know, I don't ride them around with a piece of sack string. If I don't, I don't care if I got a log chain in their mouth. I may not be getting, may not be able to control them. Okay. So, you know, always, you know, I always think about that because changing the way we think about things, that's what improves our horsemanship. Um, a lot of times it, it's a real minuscule change over a long period of time that makes a huge difference you know just like in this gentleman's case his daughter's a junior she had substantial improvement last year and he wants to continue that and you know with the attitude he has towards that he could easily do it easily do it like i told him i said you you know, whether it's my program or somebody else's program you trust, I don't, I don't really care. If you go learn a program that has history, meaning the proof's in the pudding, okay, over time your horses have either been successful or not. You know, you can BS all you want, but the proof's in the pudding. Your horses better freaking, they better do the deal. You better be able to practice what you preach and you better be able to back it up. Well, there's, there's numerous people out there that can do that. But when you go learn a program like that and you implement it and you find a program you're comfortable and you're successful with it, it's going to change your life.
I guarantee it. It will change your life in a good way. It will benefit you in more than just the horse part of your life. I mean, I'm 57 and I'm, I'm constantly looking at ways to get better. And when I really started to adopt that attitude in my life, you know, I talked about on an earlier episode where I had a young trainer come in and work with me a few weeks ago. I mean, and he used to, he's, he worked for me back in 2014, 2015, and then came, has worked for other trainers in other disciplines that I'm not, that, that I'm not in. Well, he was able to come show me a couple of things that have, that has really helped me tell you what he's he showed me a couple things that really helped me in my flying lead changes and it was so simple i was already doing 99 percent of what i needed to do i was missing one little piece of that puzzle and on my turnarounds anchoring that outside leg he showed me one little piece of the puzzle that i was missing and i mean literally in in a week or two, I guess it's been a couple weeks. I mean, literally, it's it's changed my horses considerably just in those two areas. Well, I'll be honest with you. I didn't practice a lot of flying lead changes for a couple reasons, and I've talked about this before. In, in the rope, and I, don't, I really didn't want my horses changing leads all the time every time you moved. And at the same time, but, but to be really, really honest, at the same time, in the back of my mind, I struggled with it a little bit. And so a lot of times I didn't practice it because I didn't want to get in a fight or I didn't want to confuse my horse. I really never get into a fight with them. I may have days where it might be a little bit more of a struggle than other days, but I, I, I don't, I really don't get into a fight with my horses. We may, we may have days where we uh, kind of agree to disagree, but it's not really a fight. I mean, I've learned over the years that me losing my temper usually ends up in me needing to apologize to somebody or something. <laughs> and and I really don't like having to do that. So I'm, I try not to get myself in that situation, but... Um, and never say never. It still happens occasionally. I'm not going to lie about that either. But uh, just like that situation with that horse losing its momentum, getting stuck on the backside, um, very, very common. Similar situation, but different. One of my team members, uh, Mabel, who's who's uh, been helping me here for a few months and, and – uh, has a lot of potential. She was uh, showing me a video of her. She's got a really nice horse. This horse is probably 10 or 11, I think. Really nice horse, really, really runs a nice pattern. But she showed me a run here from last week where this horse was not running, not, I mean, I would say he was running at about 60%. And she had been working on him to really keep him moving around, keeping his forward motion, which is the same thing that, you know, I was talking with this other gentleman about, you know, the, the, 
the challenge he was having is is the challenge Mabel had been working on header horse moving staying moving forward around the barrels because that horse would really get into its turn and just kill its momentum last year and so this year when when Mabel started helping me we talked a lot about that and I and I really think that is something keeping that forward motion is something that horse really needs well this horse is smart he started to anticipate the turns so much that he quit running I mean he was not giving much effort well that's that's not that uncommon and it's not that he was you know he was just thinking he was anticipating what was happening next he wasn't listening to what Mabel was asking him to do which Mabel was trying to ask him to you know, Mabel's wanting him to run. Well, we talked about it this week. And like I told her, I said, well, one thing I would do is I would get that horse thinking about moving his feet and running and listening to my feet and what I'm asking him to do. And I'd forget about the pattern and get him moving, get him running, get him respecting your legs and and if you have to use your over under and bring it across him once do it now don't do it 20 times because you can you can use your over under to the point where you'll get your horse to quit running because they're just they're just they're just locking up to take the whooping you know that you can easily overdo it with your with anything you're using to stimulate forward movement you can easily overdo it to where you're costing yourself so Mabel, she's pretty sharp, pretty talented. She went and worked on it while she showed me a video yesterday of her horse, of her run at the school at their weekly jackpot. And that dude was picking them up, setting them down. And she wasn't worried about the turn. Like I told her, I said, shoot, I'd almost try to, I'd rather him go by and still be running, you know, go by a stride and come back, but, but be running when he does it. Well, you know, she got, she worked on just getting him moving. And all of a sudden when she, at the light, she got him moving, got that momentum. And with that momentum, her turns were so sharp and so snappy. I mean, made a smoke and run. Small change, small change in that horse's thought process. You know, so every day your horse is going to, our horses are going to tell us what they need work on. Just you know, that that's that's kind of what I wanted to talk about this week. You know, be thinking about those things. Be thinking about always looking at those small things you can do to make you and your horse better. And always go, you know, always look to what the root of the problem is. You know, your horse your horse stalling out on the backside of the barrel, that's that's a result of some fundamental weaknesses that need to be fixed off of the turn and then go back. If your horse isn't running across the pen, that needs to be fixed, then go back to the pattern, then go back and make a run. So anyway, that's what I wanted to talk about today. Thanks again for listening. Gosh, we appreciate all our listeners. Have a, have an absolute awesome week of training. God bless each and every one of you. And as always, today and every day, be your best. Hey, thanks for joining us on today's show. 
To learn more about the training program that inspired the Be Your Best podcast, head over to philhavenhorsemanship.com and join our online community by following us at philhavenhorsemanship on Facebook or Instagram. This is where we're going to be sharing tons of training tips and information about how you can experience our Training Through Understanding program at one of our upcoming clinics. As you go through the day today, I want to encourage you to figure out one thing you can do to get 1% better, whether that is in your horsemanship journey, your career, or your personal life. Own it and be your best. God bless and have a great day of training.